You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. 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 The correct Auburn Arena time is 8.49 Central Daylight Time. For the last week, tomorrow, next week, guys, fall back. Your digital audio devices tuned in the Orange and True podcast, harbored by the friendly folks at collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings, citations, orange and truthers. You're welcome for that friendly tidbit to turn your clocks back. It's I, Senecro2 on Twitter, at Senecro on Venmo. That's where you'll find me. Joining me this evening, via the magic of the internet, the rumor monger himself, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for SEC Women's Soccer Tournament Action in Orange Beach, Alabama. To the other side of me, Lovely giving you... Give you the full Fort Payne ASMR that you pay so much money for. Chewing and spitting exactly into his microphone just for you. It's the AU Chief. Uh, that's a professional gambler. Oh, hey now. <laughs> not in this day, you're not. Well, well, let's just pretend. Professional fantasy gambler, basically. Alleged. What, what, alleged. Well, I'm not betting anything on Tally Site, but they're acting like I bet. Shout out so to TallySite.com like, for whatever it yeah. is they're doing. And, and It's fantasy gambling. Yeah. I think theoretically you could. <laughs> There's no money, but they act like you've got money. No, they link. They have links to actual gambling sites. Right, and I think do. if you were to live in a state where that would be a more okay. progressive state than the, the Center for Progressive Excellence that is Alabama, <laughs> you you would be able to, to gamble from there. That's that's a that's against the over under. Uh, even though I it, my score prediction was uh, for the Auburn game was under, and I bet the over. But hey, it's, it's fine. Life's too short to bet the under, Gene. All yeah, right, I got, I got six. I don't know why I have a star next to my name on here though. Because like, uh, oh, active win streak. Oh yeah, you've oh, won I, you've won six straight games betting the over under, or six straight weeks betting the over under in yeah. some scenario. All right. Fantasy game. Also joining us from Hoops Heaven itself, the doctor is in. Dr. Will McLaughlin of the McLaughlin Group. Greetings. About that time, gentlemen. He's joining us. Will's joining us because it is, we're getting to the time of the year where it's okay to really dive in and talk about basketball. And if there's one thing this podcast loves to do, it's talk about Auburn women's soccer, and that's where we're going to start. So, <laughs> the SEC that's women's... That's what the fans demand. That's what they demand. Right. We're going to get another great review saying, I absolutely love this show. These guys talk the most about women's soccer. And then they delve into rom-coms. Two stars. Um, As I was reminded this weekend, uh, we are a soccer podcast first and foremost. So. We are. It's, it's true. This... uh. This little soccer team we got in Auburn lost uh, to South Carolina earlier in the year, but get a revenge game in Orange Beach. 
Now, that is a really good team, South Carolina. But that means Auburn has kind of earned a uh, almost like a bye, if that's the case. Right, Ryan? If they're playing that good of a team first? Yeah, so, well, so Auburn's the five seed, South Carolina's the four seed. Uh, they got away from that early play in on Sunday. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you caught either of those games. They both went to a shootout. Right. Um, I believe LSU won their game and Florida won their game. Yeah, so Auburn uh, got what's a single buy, effectively. And right. I believe Arkansas, the number one overall seed, got a double buy. No. Oh, okay. So there's buy. essentially there's, there's two play-in games and then – because not every team makes it. Orange oh, Beach. that's right. Very similar to baseball. Yeah. Not every team makes this tournament. So t- ten teams make it to Orange Beach. Um, there's the seven through ten seeds to a playing game. Okay. We're a soccer podcast. We all knew that. Ryan was just <laughs> reminding you, the listener. And Auburn's the fifth works. seed in this, correct? Correct. Ryan correct. said that. Yeah, so yeah, Auburn's playing four seed South Carolina. Uh, if they happen to beat the Gamecocks, they will probably be facing off against Arkansas again. Um, not an easy task there. But if you remember, you first win first. South Carolina won, but it was a uh, the first half. It was a tale of two halves, as Avery Johnson used to say. South Carolina came out and dropped a bomb in the first half and went up three nothing. And then in the second half, Auburn kind of clawed back and scored, got two goals back on them and, and made it really interesting there in the final couple of minutes because Auburn had some shots in the last couple of minutes and last couple of seconds even to try to get that thing level. Um, so this is Auburn's chance to really get, a, to really like try to get a win over this. And, and like, again, like you said, like this is the four five matchup. So toss up. If, if they, it's a toss up. Hey, and Crow, what time is this game at? Good question, Ryan. That would be at 7.30 p.m. God's time. 7.30 p.m. Central. And that will be Central Standard Time. So, again. Oh, it, yes. You're, Fall. Uh, look. Well, no. Wait. No, that's, it's on Tuesday. That's, yeah, you're going to yeah, so, Oh, you're right. It's this Tuesday. You're right. No, it's Central going to be Central Daylight, Daylight Time. CDSD. Guys, don't, don't, don't set your clocks back till Sunday. Yeah, it's Sunday <laughs> that we uh, go back. We fall Sunday, back. So, it's going to be Sunday thought, morning yeah. when you get up for church. You're going to want to have already had those clocks set back. I panicked on about Friday. I thought, oh, man, is this the weekend we fall back? But it's not. No, man. I'm, I'm here to be the timekeeper for the for the Auburn nation, Auburn for the Auburn family. Spelled F-A-U-M-L. Wow. <laughs> F-A-U-M-I-L-Y. There it is. Yeah, yeah. You forgot the... Uh, There's no the I in family, G. All right, so... <laughs> it's a B, not There's an I. <laughs> Family. Family. Uh, Alyssa Melanson is the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. It's not shocking. Not shocking. First team All-SEC. Yeah, if you watched her play it all this year, I mean, I think I said it the, the first week we started talking about soccer. She is the fastest player on the field. Yeah, that's yet, to be, that's yet to be challenged. <laughs> she has been the yeah. fastest player on every field that she has been on this season. Yeah. She could probably play slot receiver. Football team. <laughs> She's legitimately blazing. She's blazing fast. Um, Anna Hannock, another first team all SEC year. Nine goals. You know, here's a shock is the goalie was not nominated. She's done an incredible job. Um the fact that she didn't make one of the one of the one of the all SEC teams to me is 
it's a travesty. And yeah, I really think I really think that Auburn fans should should write a letter to the SEC office. CC at Ryan's S. Sterrett with your letter. Maddie Prohaska is her name, and she should be an Auburn. She should be an SEC performer this year. Got two more years of her too. She's just sophomore this year. Right. Her name had it both. Nice. All right. Good building blocks there. Here we go, everyone. What you tuned in for? We're going to talk basketball. So, how are we feeling today, Will? How are you feeling? If if the way you feel about this basketball season was an ice cream flavor, which ice cream flavor would you pick, and why? Oh wow! Um, I mean, everybody has different likes and stuff. I mean, I'm loyal to the uh, old mint chocolate chip. Um, very very excited about this basketball team. There's a lot to like. Um, just from a depth perspective, you know, there's a lot of lot of new faces on this team, but there's a lot of faces that we've come to know and love over the last year or two, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they mold together as one. You know, we've gotten a little bit of a glimpse of them from tip off at tumors the the blue orange scrimmage and uh, just thinking about all the possibilities with lineups and the players and just the high quality of, of, of people that bruce has brought in not only you know uh, straight out of high school but on in the transfer portal this season so uh it's gonna be really interesting to see uh how this season turns out uh there's a lot of hope and expectations i have high expectations for this team i know most folks do and the great thing about it is, 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 despite all that, I still feel like Auburn's kind of a little under the radar from a national perspective, unless you're talking to John Rothstein. Um, a lot of people don't really have this team in the top 25, or if they do, it's, it's in the 20s. And uh, I think Auburn's in a really good position to, to make some noise and surprise some people yet again, which I think I think Auburn's in the role we all love them to be in. So. I yeah. did enjoy that it seems like all offseason Bruce has been talking his team up. You know, he's, he, Usually he's fairly measured in uh, talking about his team. He's been all about these guys for months now. And Except for after this, this scrimmage. Uh, first scrimmage. And yeah. He is dogging them. He's pulling a Nick Saban card. Uh, he did not seem too happy at that scrimmage. Well, it's it's the thing about it is, too, is that when you play each other versus playing another team – you know, and I think Bruce talked about this too. It's 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 a lot harder to get up to play against yourselves versus playing mm-hmm. other people. I mean, and they've practiced against each other for so long. So when they played in their scrimmage at UAB, I'm sure it was great for them to to play you know somebody else. And I can so I'm not surprised I'm not surprised that they didn't play as well as they did in the scrimmage against UAB. But still, you know, it's it's encouraging to think. You know, Bruce has talked a lot, like you said, Ryan, about how much he's liked his team and the fact he's done that early on is is a good sign and. You know, this team's only going to get better. And, you know, this is also with, you know, without Alan Flanagan for most of non-con due to his Achilles injury. You know, once they get him back, they're going to be even better. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm bummed I didn't get to go to the scrimmage um, because the Braves were playing. And I, I was not going to uh, miss that. Uh, but uh, it, it sounds like they did uh, a lot of cool stuff in that scrimmage where they, I guess they played and then they, then they just did some sets where they said, okay, this team's up uh, this much. And uh, now you go, go out there and try to win. 
basically, or try to try to keep them from winning, uh, kind of thing. So that would have been kind of fun to watch to see how guys reacted in those scenarios. Um, and it, it wasn't streamed online, was it? No, it was not. They had a dunk contest too, and there's an image of Devin Cambridge attempting a dunk with uh, I can't remember who it was, but Bruce Pearl was like standing there too, and it's like image of Devin trying to dunk. Yeah. And Bruce Pearl great. standing there like yes, praying, praying. Don't land on me. please yeah. don't land on me. Uh, what an image. Um, but uh, yeah, so and of course we didn't get to the dunk contest tip off at Timbers because it, it had rained so much that previous day and early that morning. So the floor was not uh, sustainable for a dunk contest and no, no reason for anybody to get hurt. Yeah, that, that ended up just being kind of a pep rally uh, more than anything that night. Um, a chance to let a uh, uh, Dylan, show off to the crowd. Sure. And a chance to see <laughs> about- a three-point contest in which Alan Flanagan shot with one leg. True. True. Will, is Alan Speaking Flanagan the best... Contest. Is he the best one-legged three-point shooter in Auburn history? <laughs> he very well could be, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Who, to, I, I've to- often said... I've said on this podcast probably ten times that I my basketball theory is improving your third best player is the most important thing that when your first best player is really good, that's great. But if their first best player is also really good, that cancels it out. Your second best player, a lot of guys, a lot of teams have two guys. So your second best player is also canceled out. But if you can improve your third best player, there's a really good chance. They don't have a great number three. And so improving your third best player is way to win a lot of games. Would you say that this team's third best player is the best it's ever been <laughs> under Bruce? Because however you split that, your third best the third best player on this team is either Walker Kessler, <laughs> okay, Alan Flanagan, or I, I guess you could say the third best player is Jalen, maybe. And even then, that's disservice to one of those two guys. Yeah, I, I would, I would go, I would go Jabari Allen, and I'd put Kessler at three, and that's no, that's no disrespect to Walker at all. I mean, it's a seven-one guy that can shoot threes. Um, so yeah, three in the scrimmage. Yeah, um, you know he's going to be able to get. He's more, you know, I think he's going to have a. I mean, he only shot four threes at UNC last year, um, just because that's just not the offense that that uh, he's susceptible to. You know, that's why he's that's why he's in Auburn now. So, um, and, but yeah, he's like, there's a lot of guys on this team that's capable of having 20, 25 point nights. And I'm not even talking about those three. There's other guys down the list too, um, that are, that can go off and have big games. Um, it's just, that's, what's exciting about it. There's so many options. There's so many guys on this team that can, can take over a game if they need to, you know, Jabari, you know, obviously, and I don't think people nationally and, and even locally are talking about Jabari enough. Um, you know, they came out with the all SEC team last week and for some reason they do the thing in this league where they put 10 guys on the first team and 10 on the second team, which is one of those pet peeves of mine that I hate. And somehow Jabari Smith's on the all SEC second team. And I'm struggling to fit. I'm struggling guys to think of 10 to 15 guys that are going to be better than Jabari Smith in this league this season. I, I really am like, but I even think Auburn fans are just, I don't think they realize how good Jabari Smith is going to be. Like, do I, they I think, do that because it's by position, or like, can they only I put so many forwards or so many like? 
Or are they making a full I, team? I will say he, he is the only freshman on either of those teams. Yeah, and, and, and I, so, I think what's going on with that. Value. Yeah, I, I think if you were a freshman, same exact player, and he went to Kentucky, he'd be on that first team. That's that's basically oh, all there is out. to it. Um, and, and it's not. I, I'm not saying that because of some conspiracy Kentucky bias. It's just that he just he's an un unknown at this level. But if he's going to Kentucky, they just ex, they'll expect him to perform at that first team level. He's coming to Auburn. He's flying under the radar a little bit. But they they do. I mean, like Ryan said, he's the only freshman on either either team there. Um, so. I mean that that that's something. I, I'm not I'm not going to get too bent out of shape about it. Um, uh, you know I, I don't know that it's necessarily disrespect. It's just maybe. I think he'll be getting plenty of respect when he goes and hangs a uh, thirty on UConn. Sure. And, and, yeah. Right. And, and you know, there's a lot of good basketball players in this conference that that's yeah. some of that. Yeah. So I, I think that that has a lot to do with it too. Um, I don't but know. I, I don't waste a lot of time on disrespect talk. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't it's bother. It doesn't bother at me. The end of the year, after you've played a, a full season, and then people are like, "Ah, yeah, Jared Harper, he's not first team material." Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> but there are uh, certain but, people on Auburn Twitter who will make an, an entire right life goal to talk about each week's a people in basketball and in football. And it's just yeah. it's exhausting. Yeah, and that was that was gonna be that was gonna be the next thing. It's like you know I, I get I've been out of shape about it and all, but what do polls and what do preseason polls mean at the end of the day, guys? Polls they mean do not mean anything in college basketball. Squat. Exactly. Yeah. It means they're about just, as much as the four of us ranked your teams. team with a single digit next to their name, <laughs> more right. or less. I you know I do think maybe this could be used to motivate Jabari a little bit. So. um you know, I don't, I don't think locker room or bulletin board material is the end all be all of anything. But you know, you tell a guy, hey, these these people don't they don't think you're that good. So go out and show them every night. Um, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that needs that necessarily. Um, so we'll see where he stands at the end of the year um, when he's SEC freshman. I, of the year. I, I think there's a real chance that. Uh... This front court is the best front court in college basketball. I mean, it, it's hard to say that definitively right now. Sure, but I, I can't figure there's too many front courts where you've got a top five recruit, possibly a top five draft pick, a seven one guy shooting threes, and then probably the most productive player from your team last year. Who was a? Who, correct me if I'm wrong. He was a he was a top twenty five recruit. He was wasn't he? Yeah. Kessler. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. I mean, when I, Dylan Cardwell and, and Stretch are your fourth and fifth guys, yeah, that, that's that's incredible. Um, but we we talked about Jalen as being kind of the, the staple of the team for a while last year, um, and you know he's probably not going to start much this year, but he's still going to be an incredibly important piece. Uh, just between those three guys, that that is incredible talent, um, and. You know, you can game plan around one of them. You can't game plan around all three of them. It's true. And I think what what we're, we'll probably see is Jalen's going to play almost every position this year. Because um, I, I think we're going to want to get him on the court a lot. But, uh, 
you know, maybe he's not starting. But I, you know, I don't think that Jabari's going to play forty minutes every night. So, and, no, and no need to. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, uh, I especially I don't starting think... out, Bruce. Bruce likes to, especially with the younger guys. Bruce doesn't like to throw them out there for forty for a lot, not even thirty minutes. I would say right I wouldn't be shocked if Walker Kessler's averaging less than twenty-two minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, well, for most of the common. season. Auburn's fives almost always average less than 22 minutes. Yeah. Was, and so, like, and even when we had, uh, you know, Wiley, he was the starter and was averaging 18 a game. Right. You have Anthony or Horace to pick up some of those, those minutes as well. Because it's if you Walker, look at even Wiley, like, these guys, these bigger guys, their efficiency numbers almost always go down the right. more minutes they play. Like, almost, these guys don't get... They're not like running backs where you want them to get stronger as the game gets longer. If that's the case, you want them to play less so that they're there in the fourth or in the, the lot of the second quarter. So, it, yeah. Walker, was he, was he uh, foul prone this last year at all? No, he was just buried behind some upperclassmen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, it would be hard to say at North Carolina anyway because he's probably getting the benefit of the doubt as well. Yeah. So That's what you think about the other Carolina school. Well, they're both. I mean, Duke definitely, but North Carolina also. You know, when they're not playing Duke. So I think I think I'm Mar- Walker Kessler's a player that I'm probably the most excited about outside of Jabari, and maybe even include because like with Jabari, I kind of know what I'm. My expectations for Jabari might be too high in that I'm expecting him to be just a hedge a head better than everybody else in the court. Well, but I'm, I'm Walker could be an interesting sleep. player. Uh, with Jabari, I'm I'm just kind of going in with. I, I think it'll be good. I just just have just try to have no expectations and see what happens. Um, right. I, I think I'm with you. Walker's the guy that I wanted real bad when we, you know, when he just we jumped in there sort of towards the end of his recruitment and and got a visit, got him on campus, and uh, eventually he ended up at North Carolina. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited about that as well. So we got an exhibition next Friday. Who's are y'all going to this game? I'll be there. Yeah, I'm probably probably gonna be there against Southern Illinois. Indiana. Southern Indiana. Indiana. Uh, Illinois, Southern Illinois. The Salukis, correct? Yeah. Yes. But this is That's, Southern uh, Indiana. Brandon Jacobs. Alum. So Southern Indiana. I don't know one thing about them except I have in the show notes that was Bruce's first team to head coach. Indeed. Yep. He won a national championship there. Indeed he did. In, uh, I believe it was 1995. Um, I remember that because I remember after the Kentucky game 2020 at Lexington, he f- flew to Evansville for the 25-year anniversary of that title. They honored that team after they played Kentucky that day because we played all Kentucky early that afternoon. Um, this was like a couple weeks before COVID, COVID uh, shut everything down. Right. And so but I think I think it was 95, it was like 95, 96. They won. He won national championship there. Ryan, what were you doing in 1995? <laughs> uh, during March Madness of 1995, uh, I, was being born. I literally was being born. Traveling wow. down a birth canal is what I would. Uh, more more or less during the first round of the uh, 1995 NCAA tournament. Let me tell you. That's probably right. Fall of 1995, I was feeling a lot like I'm feeling now about them Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Feeling like 95 uh, around here. 
Yeah, and, uh, March of 95? Um, whew. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think I was really into college basketball that much at that point. So um, I was more of an NBA guy still around that time. And Oh, for sure. Because uh, Shaq was playing for the Magic, and it was the greatest thing in the world. I think 97 is really the first tournament that I follow. Of course, Bruce wasn't playing in the, the big big tournament. He was playing in the, the D2 tournament. 1995, I believe, speaking of being more into the NBA back then, I was super into the NBA. And the 1995 Dallas Mavericks, if I remember, I'm looking this up now, but if I remember correctly, they won. No, that was the year. They won 26 games. They were in 20, 26 and 56. Um, 95 was the Rockets, right? They were terrible. So and, they had the Rockets when they won? Yeah. Yeah, this is the Mavs, though, that uh, they had the Triple J's. And everyone, even though they were terrible, everybody was like, oh, this team's going to be really good. And then Tony Braxton broke up the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, really? Yeah. So Tony Braxton, if you don't know, was dating, uh, I believe, Jim Johnson, one of the Triple J's. Jim Jackson, sorry. Jim Jackson. And then had an affair with him or cheated on him with Jason Kidd. This is oh. all alleged. And oh, is this casual libel? No, this is pretty well known NBA rumors. And then that oh. was both of those guys were got so mad at the other one that they basically had to trade both guys. And so it broke up the Mavericks. And, oh. and they were left with just Jamal Mashburn. And they got those guys because they were so bad, Chief, that in 1993-94, they won fewer games than the Dallas Cowboys. The Mavericks won 13 well, games. The, yeah, the Cowboys won like 17 the Cowboys games. Cowboys won the Super Bowl, and the Mavericks uh, yeah. won 13 games. All right. Guys, over under, we didn't ask the, I, we didn't ask the game the, what we should have asked to Fur when he was on here, so I'm going to ask it to Will. Over under... Who has more wins, Georgia football or Georgia basketball this year? Ooh, um, I'm gonna go football because they might get 14. Football, football might get 14 yeah, wins. I'm gonna go football. Um, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll probably get 14, but they're they're not getting 15. Right? No. <laughs> as long as the Braves finish the job either tomorrow or Wednesday night, they're not getting 15. <laughs> Oh, see, I, I'm afraid it might be the other way around. Yeah, I think I'm the with Ryan can here. Do it. Uh, there's nothing that can stop this Georgia team. There's no curses anymore in the world. Ugh. All hope. <laughs> All of a sudden, the Falcons will go on some miracle run. Gee, no, no. It's they're still Georgia sports. The 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 Braves Braves can still win, and Georgia will still see. The Braves have actually won a title. Uh, in the intervening years since Georgia last won one. In fact, it had been 15 long years since Georgia won a title when the Braves last won a title. So, uh, Hello again, 1995. And now we're 26 years. Six years from that point. So that means third, third, almost 40 years. Is that what we're looking at here? Uh, 41 years. A little past that, G. Yeah, Yeah, 41. Yeah. Hmm, man. Interesting. That is interesting. An interesting topic we've stum- stumbled on there. <laughs> but uh, I think I think I've discovered this before. 
I think Friday night will be good for Auburn. Uh, I think Southern, Southern Indiana is always a pretty good D2 team. Um, I, you know, I don't know hardly anything about them either, honestly. I know sometimes we these exhibition games can be a lot closer than we expect them to, or we may lose them. Shout to Barry College. A little Barry, you know. But because I've seen a lot of teams, you know, they've had some really close games with uh, in their exhibition games so far this season. Um, I know uh, Arkansas had a close game with a D2 school. UAB had one. Uh, Texas A&M had one tonight. And in, in ex- exhibition games, they, they're, they don't really matter the grand scheme of things, and people read way too much into them. But it'll be good for them to, to see this team live and in person and playing another team. Yeah, it's less about I, seeing the scores and more about seeing what these individual players can do because yeah. most of this roster we don't really know. We haven't seen them, and especially in person. I mean, all these younger guys, you know, Dylan Cardwell, Chris Moore. I mean, even if you're somebody that goes to these games, you missed it last year. It's a the students missed it last year. It's a good way. Uh, this is exactly like uh, friendlies in uh, professional soccer. Uh, you, it, it's not really about the end result. It's about getting match fitness, as they say. It's getting you up to speed. It's getting you. Uh, you cannot simulate a game in practice, no matter how many times you, uh, no matter what you do to try to do that. Even even that scrimmage against UCLA or UCLA UAB wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have really been a full on um, wouldn't have been full on like a game. Uh, and this is like a game. It gets you. It is a game. It gets you in the mode of playing a game, uh, forty minutes in a gym, and and that that's really all it's about. It's it's just about getting in the groove, um, getting in shape, in real game shape, uh, and getting ready for that actual real first game. I'm just excited for the jungle to be able to interact with Dylan Carwell for the first time since he didn't get to do it last year. That that's 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 one of the things I'm most excited about, and yeah. as much as he as much as he's into it at football games and the whole basketball team for that matter, that place needs to be rocking for him and that whole basketball team because they've been front and center at these football games and it's it's been fun to watch. It will be. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that, that, that it's going to be crazy because there's going to be so many kids that are sophomores now that didn't actually get to go to a game last year, and. Um, I, I imagine it's going to be even crazier than that first football game was going to be, or was this year. So, I think, Will, what is your vibe in terms of this team versus the rest of the conference at this point? Would you, would you, you had to put a number on it? Is this a top five team in this league? Is this a top two team in this league? Is this the best team in this league? I've got is this a third. top ten team in this league? I've got Auburn thin. I've got Auburn third in the league. Um, I've, I've got Kentucky first, Arkansas second, and then I've got Auburn third. Um, I really think Kentucky's going to bounce back this year. They they really went out and addressed a lot of the issues they had last year in the transfer portal. They have Ty Ty Washington. They added him and a couple other freshmen. Washington's a guy Auburn was really high on too before he ended up at Lexington. I really like what Eric Musselman's doing in Fayetteville. So I have the Hogs at two. That place is going to be rocking too. And I've got Auburn at three. Um, I, a lot of people have Auburn in the four to six range. So I'm a little higher on Auburn than than most folks. Um, but I think I think that there's six or seven teams that can honestly can win this league this year. The league is going to be really really good. There's not 
there's really not going to be any nights in the league, maybe unless you're playing Georgia. Um, and I hopefully don't ever regret saying that. But um, <laughs> that uh, it's it's going to be a tough game. I just I, I, there's just a lot of good teams in this league, and um, but yeah, I'm put, I've got Auburn third in preseason, so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. All right, Ryan, let's take a quick commercial break. We're at 31 minutes and 39 seconds in this podcast. And we're back. I think, Will, the main thing, non-conference play with one-and-done players oftentimes is kind of the uh, testing point, I don't know, preseason in a lot of ways. But... I think most famously in my mind, the Southern South Alabama game was kind of most people's introduction to Isaac Okoro as, hey, he's the best player on the court. And this guy's not going to be here much longer. <laughs> like at that point, I think most people thought, oh, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't get him next year. Um, do you see a similar thing with Jabari early on? Like you think he – we're going to see more of a slow burn with Jabari where he's going to take a couple of games to get used to college basketball, or it's going to be more of like game two of the year. It's going to be fairly obvious that he's better than everybody else. Um, I, I think it might take a couple of a game or two. I know like with the South Alabama game, that was kind of there. Uh, the big eyes of a core moment. I think I'm looking at the battle for Atlantis, honestly, um, during okay. Thanksgiving. Um, that I think that's going to be the time that, um, Auburn's gonna, you know, gonna, the country's gonna know about Jabari Smith, and you know they've got a heck of a first round game with UConn. That's gonna be one of the best games of that week. Um, there's so many good tournaments and stuff around Thanksgiving, but that Auburn UConn game Wednesday afternoon is gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, you know a chance to play then play a loyal Chicago Michigan State, um, and then they may get a chance to play Baylor uh, or Syracuse. Uh, so that 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 three games that three games over that Thanksgiving I think is kind of Jabari Smith's uh, going to be Jabari Smith's coming out party. So um, I, I'm talking. I think these first couple games, you know, it'll be good to get you know, everybody acclimated, and I feel feel pretty comfortable that they're going to go three and zero before they head out there to the Bahamas. So are you going to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving, Will? <laughs> Um, I wish I am going to I am going to Tampa for the USF game the Friday before the trip to Bahamas. So. Now we're talking. Well, I will be. I will I get be you halfway there. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, Tampa. Uh, I, I think why uh, go to the Bahamas around when you can go to Tampa? That's what I'm saying. You're already in Tampa. You might as well just, just keep driving to Miami. Get a boat. I just think, drive to the Bahamas. I think Lindiana James had uh, uh, thought about doing that. You know, because they loved it. They love a cruise. That's true. They do love a cruise, but that would that, that is could James do what we talked about this in the podcast that these luxury, not luxury, these um, basketball tournaments in luxury locations like the Bahamas, 
have got to be the hardest marriage sell of all time. Because you oh, could you sure. can you can start out with the sale the sale of hey we can go to the Bahamas guys, she might be interested. Then you say spend all day in the gym. What if we spend all day in the gym <laughs> watching <laughs> also, college basketball? Also, I think the, the deal breaker there would have been uh, the Iron Bowls on Saturday, right? So yeah, especially this year because Auburn's going to win it, which so, brings us yeah. <laughs> to college football, Chief. As the one person on this podcast who is correctly picked Auburn to be uh, in the driver's seat of the SEC West at this point <laughs> of the season. Yep. How does it feel so, to be so right? Uh, you know, so you get used to it. Yeah. It probably feels about as good as you do for being the biggest uh, Bo Nick stand on the uh, yeah. You know, I've been now. saying it for years since that Oregon game. <laughs> this kid's got something special. <laughs> Yeah, you've uh, you've been leading the charge for his fan club. I mean, I think to get registered. the problem with me and Bo Nix is I think I was in denial of what I was witnessing. I think I was I was in denial that I was witnessing the most Auburn quarterback who could ever exist. Well, I, th- I think also you've seen him uh, under a regime that was just a, a, a dying regime, and uh, it, it I think it really hindered Bo. It really hurt his performance. So, um, and you know, I don't think there's anybody on this podcast that thinks that uh, he couldn't come out Saturday and just lay an absolute egg. Um, That's why but, he's the Auburn quarterback, <laughs> Chief. But I, I don't know at what point we we start believing that. Oh, he's just he's going to play good from now on. Like. Um, I guess, I guess he has to win the rest of these games. Do you remember the article? I think, I think it was Jason Kirk did an article where he basically used he used preseason AP poll rankings versus final AP poll rankings to show which team is the most consistently overrated versus which team is the most consistently underrated. And as you might imagine, like Notre Dame and Texas are consistently yeah, yeah. overrated. But then he kind of – he said, in researching this, I realized that nobody ever has a clue – of where Auburn is going to finish. Like Auburn is the most chaotic. Like sure. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you start off top the five year. Most overrated and underrated. Yeah. They were top five, most overrated and underrated. He's like, that doesn't make any sense unless no one has a clue. And I this think is what Auburn fans cringe when they see a single digit preseason for Auburn too. But there have sure. been years in which Auburn was preseason highly ranked and finished highly ranked. 2004 Auburn, I think was 16th and finished top five. But 2010, what was it? I think the 22nd and finished number one overall. 2014, Auburn finished pretty highly ranked. They didn't finish as highly as they started. They finished pretty highly ranked. 2013 started unranked. Well, that, see, that's two. the big one. 13 is the one that's like, they didn't run ranked at all. No, it's, it's. I think Bo is that, Bo's that guy. He is that as a person. If anybody who can well, say he's lived it, he's lived it just like we have. Right. But nobody can say, Oh, I know for a fact, Bo, Bo Nix is going to eat on Saturday. That person's a crazy person. Nobody knows what's going to happen on Saturday. Least of all, Bo Nix. For the record, Auburn started out 17th in 2004, then dropped <laughs> to 18th, uh, before shooting up to, uh, 14th. And then, you know, just moving on up from there. So, what were we in 07? That was the oh. preseason 07 and 0. Because those Tuberville years after 04, 
they're it really the big they were always just kind of top 10 ish two or three or whatever it was yeah that was the bad one because we finished unranked i believe but like 18th in 07 yeah 07 18th what was the we got up to up to top 10 before that lsu yeah we were number two in the country when we got beat by arkansas and gus malzahn 10th and 08 10th oh eight gosh so yeah and then just bombed out because the defense should have been ranked 10th you know it i i i to your point that that is bo nix to this point at auburn uh it, i think you know if he can go to texas a&m this weekend then i will sort of relax a little bit and think okay may, maybe he's got it all he's figured it all out um no this is a, this is the real test i think this is his real the, the the realest of a test that he's gotten since he's under new management. This is him. And it's going to be up to him because this A and M defense is solid against the run. I mean, that's that's kind of what they thrive on, um, and they aren't going to give up a ton of big pass, pass plays either. So this is going to have to be Bo making accurate passes, you know, being consistent with it. Yeah, um, and taking so, what they give him. On Twitter, I responded to something that that a friend of the podcast, um, Rogue Booster, Justin Ferguson wrote um, that <laughs> that Bo Nix is on a hero's journey, like a Joseph Campbell style yeah. hero's journey, yeah, yeah. And that him being benched against Georgia State was he had to go through this abyss in order to come out the other side and understand where he is. That, that was his Gam Jabbar. Exactly. So this is. This is the abyss. Um, so now, after that, he's gone through the abyss. He has to go through what's called the supreme ordeal. He's gone through this second threshold area of the Joseph Campbell heroes. If you haven't read um, Here With Many Faces, do yourself a favor. It's fantastic. It's inspired basically everything you've ever consumed media-wise. You'll probably ruin movies for a while, I mean, especially the, Disney all, movies. Well, also, but, the, the thing about it is, is it's, it's not just it. That and ruined it, it or uh, that is inspired it. It's just that the thing that it talks about is just in. Uh, it's like in. It's baked humanity. into what it is to be a human being. Yes. Is to yes. crave stories that have this format, and he yes. kind of goes through why that is, and so. And this is a quote from a Medium article about the hero's journey, and it says the second threshold, which is where where I believe Bo Nix is in this Texas A&M game. Is this for Dune fans? He's gotten his first uh, uh, real hit of the spice, right? At this point, <laughs> if you're in, let's, let's not talk about Auburn players hitting spice. Well, it's a, a, the melange, okay? Uh, right. uh, okay. Real okay. name, okay? All right, so there has to be <laughs> some sort of overly traumatic event that the hero has himself had a hand in, which guys was. Him lo- almost losing Georgia State and coming out the other side. So now this has sparked the seed of his true moral and divine soul to be reborn. He has been he has risen from the ashes as a phoenix, but he still he has to go Kwisatz through. What'd you say? He's the Kwisatz Hederach. Exactly. So now he has to go out. He has to go out, find hope in himself and in his quest. He has his companions around him. Because every you have to have companions in a hero's journey. Who's the Stilgar? Who do I, we think? I don't know. 
I'm thinking the true hero, like the most, if you look, read a hero's journey, like Brian Harson book is, is, uh, the Lion King. Like the Lion King is like, it just is tracks. It's like they wrote it with the Joseph Campbell book next to it as they is, write in the script. Is Gus the Duke in this analogy? Uh, what? yeah, yeah. Uh, Gus is Duke. Lost the Merlin story. Yeah. So Spoilers. at some point he yeah. has to be, go do it by himself. 60 year old book. The time comes where Bo Nix has to leave his companions that have gotten him this far. He has to do it all on his own. And at that moment... Chad Morris is Duncan Idaho. <laughs> this is, are this all Dune comparisons? I haven't yes, seen it. it nor read the book. Dune, yeah. uh, I think, I think this but is it. I think this is the if game. You, if you read it, you'd be like, did this guy just take Joseph Campbell and right. just make it a book? Right. But Which I, I think is what Star Wars that did that was, too. It, well, right. I, when was Hero of Many Faces written? Before the first Star Wars. Right, but I don't know if it was written before the first Doom. Oh, it may not have been. 65 is when Doom came out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, 1949. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Well, wait. So Frank Herbert. I think he was Hero lecturing was at Notre Dame at that point still. Joseph Campbell was. So, anyway, I believe that currently Bo Nix's Auburn season really Auburn career is tracking on a Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And we're going to continue to track that here at the orange and true podcast, because if he beats Texas A&M, what leaves, what, what then would come into being is a hero returning home, mastering the journey. And we all know what that means in the end game. Yeah. He's going to be riding a sandworm. <laughs> No, it means he's going to beat Alabama again, Chief. Exactly. That somehow Bo Nix is going to have a two-and-one record against Nick Saban in Alabama. Is he going to marry Kristen Saban, though? I don't know if that... Anyway. uh, Spoilers for anybody that's uh, not read or watched Dune. Um, uh, What I'm saying is I need a a Photoshop of him with with blue eyes after we beat Texas A&M this weekend. Like, all blue. The eyes of the abide. I think the interesting thing about this game, to take it back completely to sportsy, is oh, sorry. we talked about this in the Slack a little bit, or I did. Like The thing that worries me is that against the last two games, like everyone kind of lumped these three games together, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. And that was kind of like this, like, okay, if you, can get, if you can be two and one, or at worst, if you can be at worst two and one, this is going to be a really good Auburn season. But I think people didn't realize that, like, Arkansas and Ole Miss are a clear tier in, in terms of recruiting talent below Texas. Texas A&M has recruited extremely well. They have a much better team than Auburn does on paper. Like Auburn is not going to be able to just out-athlete Texas A&M the way they did Arkansas. Arkansas had, didn't have anything for a lot of guys on Auburn's defense. Uh, Texas A&M will. <laughs> They've got... In the overall composite, Texas A&M is number eight uh, on 24-7 as far as you know, composite talent. Auburn, number 14. Yeah. So Where's LSU? LSU's probably top five. Uh, right. LSU is number five. Yeah, because yeah. so the difference is... Arkansas, 28, Ole Miss, 27. Jimbo hasn't completely had a team that's quit on him. <laughs> and I believe yeah. the, the, the coach yeah. might have. Um, I don't think they completely quit until about halfway through our game, though. Derek Stevens <laughs> might have. Well, it's true. <laughs> he, uh, he's not playing for them anymore. Florida. 
Yeah, they didn't quit against Florida. Can that's we talk true. about how bad that this team kind of was at the beginning of the season, though? No, that's Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Yes. And that's the thing. This team Scored is very, un- very confusing. Scored ten points against Colorado, and that is not a good Colorado team. Everyone thought Colorado was back. Like that was they did so poorly against and Colorado that everyone was then picking Colorado to win the Pac-12. It's not a bunch of freshmen either, so that's not the an excuse. Uh, well, they, they lost. lost their- they lost their quarterback, who'd sucked for three years and was finally decent last year. And they lost a lot of offensive line talent, I believe. Okay. Well, that that hurts. Yeah. So and I think they, I, I and by talent, I mean, I think they lost a lot of guys to the NFL okay. on the offensive line. All right. Yeah, so. I remember the game last year in Auburn, we talked about the A&M offensive line just absolutely just mauling us and how yeah. much better. Because one thing that, that Jimbo has done and his predecessor did was recruit offense and defensive line pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, they, signed a ton, they signed a ton of guys, I believe. I'm not the recruiting expert, but I believe they kind of prioritized those two positions fairly heavily. Um, I mean, that's what you got to do to win. So. Like defensive line, they seem to always have like a Miles Garrett type guy. Like there's always just some defensive lineman at A&M that's, since I was a kid, that's like this super stud. Everyone talks about him being some incredible defensive lineman. I don't think they've got that going on this year. A&M, talk up. Something that, that's there. Oh, like man. it's the best thing that ever existed. Right. But they're usually right about defensive linemen for some reason. That's true. That's true. This year they're right about their tight end. He is very good. I mean, by the numbers, he's the it's best in the great, country, right? Great tight end name to Jake or sorry, Jalen Weidermeyer. Weidermeyer? Weidermeyer? W-Y-D-E-R-M-Y-E-R. Yeah, I would say that's probably Weidermeyer. Weidermeyer. Yeah. <laughs> They're really. Uh, he's got 25 catches for 353 yards this year, four touchdowns. That's not great for yards. Auburn. No, it's really yeah. bad for Auburn. But you know what is great for Auburn? Uh, Owen Papo looks healthy. Yes. And he's probably going to have this assignment this week. Yes. He better be, be real healthy. How healthy? Yeah, I have OP back. We have two of the best linebackers in the conference. Uh, uh, so that's that's good. Um like Crow was talking about with uh, you know making your third best player great in basketball earlier, uh, Auburn might have the best third linebacker in the conference as well with Chandler. Yeah, Wooten. Chandler Wooten, right? Awesome. And uh, Smoke Monday's not a bad linebacker either. <laughs> sure Person is. to watch out for is, in my opinion, Isaiah Spiller. I think a lot of other running backs in the country have gotten a ton more pub than Isaiah Spiller. I think he's really good. Um. Auburn's going to have to really – he's already almost got 1,000 yards this year. Auburn's going to have to really key on Isaiah Spiller because he can flat-out fly. If you get if you let him get um, past your first level, it's it's a track meet. He's involved in the passing game too. He's got, yeah. I think, 21 catches or so this year. Huh. Uh, so they're going to try and get him out in space. Again, that's going like to be that. Jacoby McClain and Owen Papo having to get out on the flats to get to him. So here's a uh, here's a question, Ryan. Really their defense uh, you have here on the on the notes that their defense basically doesn't give up any big plays ever, but they give up some yeah. tiny plays. So they yeah they kind of avoid the big play. I mean, kind of what we've seen from Auburn at times this year. Um, you know, they, you can get yards on them, um, and they're really they're not going to come in and rack up a bunch of sacks you're not going to turn the ball over a lot but it's hard to score on them they're only giving up 16 points a game um, yeah so that's going to be a challenge uh auburn 
getting to the red zone. They've looked pretty good down there the last couple weeks. Um, I think kind of the, uh, not realization, but finally giving in to running bow in the red zone. Okay. Here's my theory on that, Ryan. This is no one's talking about this, but my theory on why is Bo Nix all of a sudden running more? I think the coaches realize that TJ Finley isn't that bad. I think in the past, our head coaches, head coach may have been a little bit afraid of uh, if hurt. our starting quarterback gets hurt, we're going to lose every game. And I think now Harson and Bobo realize, okay, TJ Finley can actually do some stuff. If we need him to come in and play, it isn't an automatic loss like it was in many years under the last regime. If your backup quarterback came in, it was go ahead and chalk that one up into an L. Let's move on. I, I, I think that, both freed have been more freed up because they're confident that they are not going to just take a huge step back if he goes out of the game. That, that could be uh, that could definitely be part of the equation there. I think a lot of it is, is they realize that Harson wants to win right now, and uh, to do that, they realize they've got to they got to cut Bo loose a little bit. Also, I mean, it's just like why keep a weapon that you have holstered. Like right. it, this, this is not a wrestling match. This is a gunfight, and uh, if you got a gun, you got to shoot it. And uh, he's he's a uh, he's definitely a gun, man. And that quarterback Look, sweep play they've been running is pretty guaranteed to get a first down or a touchdown at this point. Like yeah. it's I, it's great. They're setting up some fun things with that. I mean, I think it's been mostly yeah. John Chivers coming in motion across mm-hmm. the formation of those plays. But um, and, and I don't think this was the same setup from the Penn State game with, with Kobe Hudson. But I could see him getting a chance again out of a similar formation like that uh, to, to take the reverse and potentially throw the ball. I don't know if uh, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, and we'd have to consult with uh, the nerd because I know he's watched watched back all of the, like every play of the game. Um, Sean Shivers is in on every single third down. He every is single. the third down back. He's the yeah. only it's back like we watched, the third down snap. It's like we watched uh, Darren Sproles play a bunch. He's like, hey, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, um, more or less. He and can't quite get the ball as well as Darren Sproles, but yeah. Um, but it works. That's definitely the, the model for him right now. Ryan and I also noticed Saturday night, uh, he was lined up outside wide receiver a lot. There was a yes, lot of a lot. Out. He was out there. Well, usually he came in motion, but not every play. Yeah, not every time. He, was, he, he, caught, he, he caught a pass. He caught a pass. And uh, I don't, uh, I'm not smart enough to know what each wide receiver position is. Uh, but uh, he's lined up in the, uh, the one just to the inside of the outside receivers at the slot. Well, not every time, though. He, he has played on the, on the far end, like, couple steps away from the sideline oh, okay um, he caught he caught one it, out of the slot um yeah uh, he did at least once during that game oh, and there was there was another down. formation <laughs> that I, I can't remember what we ended up running out of it uh it was, i think it was a third down where shivers was the running back and tank came in almost like lining up as an h-back mm. um, kind of tight in h-back spot um it was in the down in the red zone uh for the first half but they're definitely putting a lot of stuff on film right now. Yeah. And, you know, we there's the joke about every coach says they're going to be multiple on offense and you know, aggressive. And uh, But Harson really is doing that. I mean, he's running so many different formations so, so far this year um, that 
it, it's got to be a nightmare to cut film for this team right now. I like it. It's good. Yeah, uh, I think the guy we're about to play, I have zero respect for. I know. And Chief I don't is, think that their team is Chief. that good. And uh, I think that we'll beat them. And I think that he's going to be very angry. And it'll be fun to see. Chief thinks that Jimbo Chief, Fisher is the Rick Barnes of Rick Barnes. He of is coaching. the Rick Barnes. He is the Rick Barnes of college football. Hey, hey what if Jimbo Fisher hired Jeremy Pruitt as a defensive coordinator next year? <laughs> no, he's going to hire some guy with a monkey, it looks like. I and mean, that's going to be Washington State. They're <laughs> about to hire somebody. <laughs> no, Texas, Texas is rather. But. Texas will fire a guy with a monkey. Washington State might hire him. I ain't alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, J- I mean, Jimbo, I, I don't know. He, I, He's he's actually he's fine. It's just that I don't think that I, I would never want him within 10 miles of my, my own school because i i just don't think that he uh i don't think he has it together um i i think last year was a complete fluke like total complete fluke that that texas a&m team was the fifth best team in the country um and now most of their talent from that team is gone and but yet we're supposed to believe they're good now because they got they got it together and beat alabama um I, I have this strong feeling that he spent, he did the Lane Kiffin plan where he spent the entire offseason planning for that Alabama game. Um, and it worked for him because he has way more talent than Lane Kiffin does. Um, I kind of think he does want to beat Auburn. Like, not, not obviously he wants to beat Auburn, but I, I think he definitely because we've beat them in situations where we kind of ruined their season several times since he's been there. Um, and, and that probably sticks in his crawl a bit. Uh, also, I think he's probably wanted to coach here, uh, at least once in the past. Uh, and I don't think that we tried to get him to. So, um, he'd probably like to shove it up several people here's rear. Um, so, also, the fact that Auburn has never lost in College Station as an SEC team, too. Yeah. Oh, it's out of your as well. As a, uh, as a, um, believe, well, uh, someone who's uh, very afraid of jinxes, uh, that scares me a little bit, but, you know, whatever. No such thing as curses, Chief. Well, you know, every time Everton plays anybody, a guy who has never scored a goal in the Premier League before or hasn't scored in, uh, you know, 48 games or uh, is returning from a broken leg and has been out for two years, they always, every single time they score, happened today, every single time. And um, and so I, I'm a little gun shy. Counterpoint, so, Auburn beat LSU in Baton Rouge this year. It's true. Yeah. True. 99 is uh, done. So it's, it, basically, it so it's basically like when Ryan talks about teams that don't shoot the three very well. Oh, Jesus. Yes, like, exactly like yeah, that. Pretty much. Dude. Exactly like that. Yeah. Ryan, how's a at shooting threes? <laughs> uh, I mean, they're pretty bad in the basketball court this year. So. Sweet. I hate their coach. They they do have to come to Auburn this year. Oh boy, <laughs> they, they seem to always get it together when they come to Auburn Arena. But we'll see. I can't wait so. to see how their coach uh, goes out to almost like, yeah, the yeah. other free throw line. Is Jimbo going to be out at the midfield during kickoff, <laughs> arguing with the ref. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll throw the curse up there. Uh, Texas A&M, 87th in the country in turnover rate for their defense. So, yeah. so we're going to turn it over 18. But they also, Thanks, right? and their coach, their 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 quarterback has thrown a pick in every game but one. It was the only game that he didn't play the whole game. Yep, seven picks in eight games. I can't wait. I'm starting to think, so, so in all seriousness, I, it does feel like we have just kind of slowly built some momentum this year, and and building on each win. Feeling good, having fun. Yeah, start starting, starting to believe. You know, Bo's on a little bit of a hot streak here, where he's played well every game since that Georgia State game. So, um, even though we lost to Georgia, he, he still had a decent game in that in that game. He, he didn't do anything to really lose it for us there. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm I'm really hoping he comes out and has another great game this week, and we win. So no I mean, if he does, we really win. talked about it, but and maybe this is me cursing it here. Uh, no. I think, I think people will talk about it after this week no. if Auburn were to win the game. If okay. Auburn were to win the game. Yes. That sets up a uh, – more than likely a winner-take-all Iron Bowl at SEC West. Don't write off Mississippi State just yet. Don't write off an 11 a.m. Because, yeah, yeah, because Auburn, Auburn, as long as they go 2-1 and one over the next three weeks, that's still a winner-take-all Iron Bowl. Because Alabama has an SEC loss. Auburn only has one right now. Oh, yeah. Georgia. So if Auburn has two SEC losses going into the Iron Bowl, you know, people haven't yeah, said anything about it yet. I'll, I'll go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, you would have to be A&M or A&M's going. No, A&M has uh, two SEC losses. Oh. Yeah. But you still have to Three. Because two. Clanga. two. Because of Klinga. That's right. My, my well, team I'm, I'm more worried. I, I, I'm, honestly, honest to God, I'm more worried about that Mississippi State game than this Texas A&M. Well, it's, just looking at matchups, I mean, not necessarily the quality of the team, but matchup-wise, this, this A&M game is a better matchup for Auburn than Mississippi State is. Yeah, that, that, I, I don't like all those five-yard passes. Because two of those is a first down. Yeah, uh, uh, most people, uh, most Auburn folks didn't get to see Kentucky, Mississippi State. I mean, I, I didn't see it, but I did see the box score. At, at one point, I believe the state quarterback was 34 or 37. Man. Look, yeah. I know I'm always uh, the skeptic of all these SEC teams that are supposed to be good. Uh, so, you know, it may just be a blind squirrel finding a nut here, but I tried to tell you all about that Kentucky team. <laughs> you did. I know. Eventually, a team without a single four or five star will eventually yeah, look yeah, like yeah, a team without a single four or five star. At some point, yeah. I, I will say maybe that's something you can be proud of uh, for Auburn right now is that Georgia has broken a lot of teams this year. They broke Arkansas. They broke Kentucky. Uh, I think they're going to end up breaking Florida fully. Um, Auburn uh, only got stronger after that game. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I am, I'm becoming a believer. That's because it was a trial, Ryan. It's part of the hero's journey. He had to the go Gom through Jabbar, that. Ryan. It's it's pronounced believer. A believer. Gom Jabbar. It was the desert. It was the crossing the desert, Ryan. <laughs> he the opposite of a hero's journey, by the way, is uh, Mad Max. There's no <laughs> no one learns a lesson. It is well, he goes well, A to B. Yeah. So does every journey require a desert? Is that what I'm hearing? No. Well, well, I'll be riding sandworm soon, Ryan. Don't you worry. All right. <laughs> that sounds... That sounds gross. <laughs> or a euphemistic. 
<laughs> well, knowing Frank's later work, maybe. <laughs> All right, let's. We'll see you guys next week. We've gone for an hour. That seems good enough for me. If you're still listening, why don't you go throw us a like or a subscribe on on iTunes? Girl, we got to do this at the top of the show. No, I like it right here for those people who are committed. You're you're already here. You might as well just go review it. Say, hey, you know what? Yeah, you the, love us. The last two minutes of the show is the best. Make sure you stay to the very end. I'm reaching out right now into my microphone. Put your hand out. And we're creating the largest chain in the world. You can feel me, feel you. Have a worry of the weekend.